Today we had on Jason Cassidy. He talks about why you should consider switching brokerages, agents with six-figure monthly downlines, and why reactional videos on TikTok are getting millions of views. The Broke Agent presents Over Ask Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Over Ask. Today we have second-time guest, Mr. Jason Cassidy, is on the program um, before we get into this, I just want people to know that when my social media, my Instagram got taken down, Eric, I'm not sure if you even know this. I got a cryptic message from Jason Cassidy one day and just said, I'm going to help you and help he did. So Jason, thank you so much for getting my Instagram back. Um, you put me in touch with the right people who shall yeah. remain anonymous. I was um, going to say, let's, this here. let's clarify. I didn't, I didn't do it. Uh, I've been no, but... in touch with someone who now has requested that we never contact her again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent. But uh, Jason, how the heck are you? Lots has changed since uh, last time you've been on the program. Yeah, man, I'm doing fantastic. It's great to see you guys. I see Eric more often. Uh, you know, thanks to our, our refer setup. But Matt, I love seeing you, man. Uh, hope all's well and uh, all's well on my end. Here in sunny San Diego, just chilling. Same old stuff, slanging houses. Right. Well, let's get into this here because you made a groundbreaking, it, 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 it shook headlines across the nation when you Big moved time. to real. Honestly, I was shocked. Eric, were you shocked? I was like, wow, interesting Utterly move shocked. for Jason. I could not yeah. believe it. Mr. Compass himself, Jason Cassidy, making the move to real. It, it, it really did send shockwaves across the real, real estate industry, it, I'd say. It did. So Struck I guess the, the first question for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did Bob Tompkins recruit you? Cause he got a fucking Remax tattoo and then went to real. <laughs> no, he didn't, so but that... I have heard, okay. you know, what's so funny is that we know that Bob has the Remax tattoo on his, on his leg. And uh, I posted mm-hmm. a little thing yesterday or a day before making fun of Remax, just, just a little light joshing. And, uh, and someone from San Diego messaged me and she's like, did you know that there was someone at Remax who got a tattoo and then moved to real? Like Bob is famous. <laughs> uh for that for that yeah so that's pretty funny but yeah i did make a move about two months ago i I left compass i joined real um i mean i don't know that it was earth shattering news it was probably uh, a a head scratcher for some people um but (laughs) that being said it was uh it was pretty amicable you know when i when i left you know there was a a time where i kind of was talking to compass about my plans to move i didn't blindside them or anything like that and my entire team moved with me that was kind of awesome too all all five team members um, we're up to seven or eight now, but at the time it was five team members and they all made the move with me too. And it was pretty seamless. What, um, what was the reasoning behind it was, did the compass stuff like have anything to do with it? Was that even a thought for you? Um, like the news, like the it? news articles or whatever, like that. Yeah. No, like not everything. Yeah. Not necessarily. You know, what's even funny is that my wife still works at compass. She's a manager. She's a transaction coordinator manager. So like, I have nothing but good things to say about compass. My time at compass was fantastic. I think at the, at the core of it all is that once you, I hope, I mean, this is going to be watched by compass people. So I hope I don't get like death threats or anything, but basically like at a certain level that when you're at compass, if you're doing a certain amount of production, let's just say a million dollars in GCI or more, you're now paying a lot of money to be at compass, right? Cause there's no cap. And so like, and that's probably the same with a lot of traditional brokerages, right? A coal banker, Remax or whatever is like, as you grow your business, you're paying more and more money, but there's no, there's a certain law of diminishing returns because you're not necessarily using 
more and more office space or more and more marketing support from the advisor, right? You're still doing the same amount of, you know, you're doing two, two print pieces a month or two this, you're not doing more and more. So for us, uh, when we looked at our PL at the end of the year, we, we had spent, you know, was over $200,000 in compass to, to company dollar. Um, that was money that had we been at a cap based model or, you know, in this case, a cloud based brokerage like real, that would have been considerably less. And so, you know, I had to have the hard conversation with my team and then ultimately with Compass, like, can I reallocate that money better and put it back into our own business through lead gen or branding or whatever it is? And, and, and my answer for the first time in four years was yes, I think we can do this better ourselves or in this case, partnering with a, a cap-based, cloud-based brokerage like, like Real. And so that's why we made the move. I, I wouldn't say it's anything to do with um, I think the news articles are overblown. We've talked about this on the walkthrough um, before, how I don't even necessarily think it's a fair shake. I think that the real deal has it out for Compass. They're always painting Compass in a bad light. And, and no one expects them to write puff pieces, but like, come on, you can't have every, you can't have Robert Refkin standing next to a dead horse. Like, I don't know what, that, like, <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, go, go. It was yesterday. Jesus it was, it was dude, there's like, blood. Like, it's, it, it's, it, he's calling him a dead unicorn. Like it was, Holy it's getting wild, you know? And geez. I think that that's unfair, unfair press. I think it's really unfair press. I think Compass is an A plus company. It's just, we didn't, I keep saying this. We didn't leave the brokerage. We left the brokerage model into a cloud-based model. I, th I still think that Compass is a fantastic company with A plus leadership and it's going to help a lot of people and it'll be just fine. But were, uh, were you looking at it? I, I just, were before you, you get into it, I mean, yeah, you ahead. left the brokerage, right? You left it, right? It's not like you're still there or anything. You left the brokerage. I left the brokerage model. I will stand by that because I still think that if I were to stay in a traditional model, I'd probably go back to Compass if that was the case. I just saw something different right. with the cloud-based model, like like real, that's all. And so, yeah, you could take almost take the brokerage out of it and, and put the brokerage model into it because that's that's why I made the switch. That being said, you're right. I mean, I, I did leave. So ultimately, when I weighed the, the, the two sides, I chose real versus compass because I like the model better than this model. Right. So there are multiple brokerages with this, the cloud-based model with a similar model to real, like an mm -hmm. EXP, for example. So why choose yeah. real over EXP? What are the differences to that? Because I see this kind of battle now between real and EXP <laughs> agents and you know for why sure. choose one mm -hmm. over the other, basically. For sure. <laughs> yeah. EXP was the original kind of cloud-based model, I think, that had a cap base with revenue share. Right. Keller Williams was the OG because they had a, a profit share model, but then real or EXP came along um, and, and debuted like the revenue share model. Uh, and then real kind of improved upon that or, or copied it, depending on which side you're on. EXP will say they copied it. Real will say they improved upon it. Um, I think for me, it came down to the, the, the creator culture that was brewing a little bit. So like a lot of the people in my in my sphere, in my mastermind, in the refer network, all these people that I talked to on a nationwide level um, that I looked up to from a creator uh, standpoint. So like you'll, I'll shout out like a Brad McCallum and a Katie Day and a Bob Tompkins. These people who are doing good things on social video wise, which is where I wanted to build my business. We're making that move to real. Um, I, I feel like eXp had a, a heyday from 2018 to like 2020 uh, where they were hyper growth as well, but it always had a, a kind of a recruit first mentality to me. Um, I think that they've actually done a really good job curbing that. So I want to say that too, is like, it wasn't like it was in 2018, 2019, where every LinkedIn DM you got was an EXP agent, you know, like trying to recruit you. I think that they've gotten their arms around that a little bit, but with that kind of stigma out there, I was always kind of like turned off by EXP. So, so when I reevaluated my PNL and I had the opportunity to save some money by going to a cloud-based model, I looked at 
real first because it was an ability to get that cloud-based model without the exp side of it which i felt like it was kind of a more of a recruiting side now that being said like there's great agents at exp and probably shitty agents at exp and there's probably great agents at real and shitty agents at, that goes with any brokerage you know what i mean i think that there was just something about the culture at, at real that really attracted me right out of the gate so i didn't give much thought to many of the other kind of brokerage models the side even we'll throw them in there too because like a cloud-based model um but i i it was always going to be real for me and it yeah, wasn't bob Tompkins that recruited me nobody recruited me i actually approached katie day so huh. katie day is my sponsor oh. um and yeah. and so i'm in the brad mccallum katie day line but it was it was basically like when someone puts your name down for new construction and you didn't even have to do anything and you get you know what i mean i i text her and i was like hey talk to me you know right it these mastermind that I see all the time and that video component and that camaraderie that I've seen with real, what are you guys talking about all the time? Because you guys are on zooms nonstop. It almost looks like it's, it's too much. Like every other hour you guys are in a different mastermind. What could you possibly be learning during all of these? (laughs) There's, there's multiple masterminds going on at any given time. Um, this is not a plug for real, but the real Academy. So nationwide, all these um, people who are joining real are able to host mastermind calls and they're all hosted within the Real Academy. So I can go on the calendar and look, and there's four or five masterminds going on any given day. I don't join house. all those. Yeah, exactly. There's always something going on. It's almost like there's always someone on stage, but you don't always have to go to them. So now you may be seeing someone who's either overachieving or just trying to show that they're overachieving or something like that. And then then again, too, the people that you follow or that you're engaged with, right? Like a, a Katie Day or Bob Tompkins, Brad McCollum, those people, those people are probably being asked to speak at a lot of these things, which is why you're seeing them so much is because they're constantly being tapped to like talk at them. And then, you know, of course, when they're doing it, they're sharing it or people are tagging them or something like that. So, so, so people like Katie, right? Katie hosts two or three a week, and then she's probably a guest in a couple. So it seems like she's always on there. Um, and, and then some of the things aren't really relevant, right? Some of them might be, you know, there might be a topic about geographic farming or a topic about contracts or something that, that not a lot of people Boring. are on where social media ones are always packed out, you know, yeah. hundreds of people. Matt, so you do any masterminds? Yeah, I do a couple of masterminds with eight. I don't know if you know, Jason, I'm with the agency. Um, I do. Sure yeah, shout out to okay. the agency. They're yeah. making a splash in San yeah. Diego here. Yeah. Making, uh, yeah, it's groundbreaking. Uh, groundbreaking splash, if you will. Um, yeah, I do masterminds, Eric. I do uh, quite a few. I speak at I them. Was, wasn't accusing uh, me. I was just I listen, curious. No, I listen to them. Um I mean, once you've done a couple, I'm good. That's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of is. like a diminishing return on those, almost like going to like Inman conferences or something like that, right? It's only like, like clubhouse. You can only do like it's like clubhouse. A couple a year or something. It's like, otherwise, what do you, who, when do you actually go implement all the stuff you just learned? Like, you still have to go do that if you're just, yeah, you almost on. need that's, that. Break. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with all these masterminds, conferences. So many of people, they go, to say they went, to say they're yeah. learning, to say they're doing all these things, and they never actually implement it back in the business. They totally. go for fun. They go to see people. If you got a bit of clout on Instagram, they go to for for someone to say, "Oh my God, I love you," you know that kind of shit. Yeah. But they don't actually implement it back into their business. It's a way to fulfill your in my in my other, opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like your your other yeah. needs. Like instead of it's like a permanent excuse to not do real estate stuff is if you're just constantly doing masterminds, you could keep tricking yourself into thinking you're doing something when really you're just telling Brad McCollum how yeah. much you love him. I'm not saying you're doing that, Jason. I'm just 
that does make sense. Like that's why clubhouse and everything, all this stuff is very popular because you could just yeah. be doing work technically and building your business yeah. without actually doing anything. But not yeah, you. I think those those things you are well, they're just a giant a giant pat on the back, you know, like that's kind of what they are. I mean, I'm not saying you're, I mean, a lot, like I loved, I I spoke at the last two Inmans and I actually went and saw some of the talks and they're awesome. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think people just need to figure out why, why they're actually going. Jason, I have a question for you here. Um, do you think all the traditional brokerages are going to need to adapt to these newer models? Uh, to no, stay relevant? I mean, I no, not at all. I don't think that anybody needs to do anything. I think that there's the, the newer cloud-based models with rev share opportunities are like serving a subset and in a niche. But then there's like, like I look at the agency that I don't think the agencies are ever really going to need to change to a cloud-based model or change to a rev share model. You know what I mean? Because there's power in the brand. Same, same kind of thing why I feel that way about Compass. Now there are maybe more legacy brands who haven't done anything since 1992 and like they're going to get passed up. They don't even offer a CRM or they don't offer any type of support. You know what I mean? That they're going to have to adapt to some more of a, more of a current modern time. But I think that there's, there's, there's power behind the name of the agency and, and certain compass even, and, and some stuff, especially in like a luxury space um, where, you know, they're already thriving. I think they'll be just fine. Now, that being said, I think staying on top of trends and, and offering support to your agents um, which is something something that the agency and Compass both do really well. I think that there's always going to be a place for that. You know, the recruiting that, aspect yeah. of all this is so interesting to me, and it seems so <clears throat> appealing to me. Maybe just with like a, a social media following, that definitely has something to do with it. But I would feel like as an agent, if I were in your position, I would 100% be joining one of these brokerages, knowing that I have the ability to get these massive downlines. The, the numbers I'm hearing from some of these people who are early in EXP, early in real, are making six figures a month. A month. They don't yeah. have to sell real estate anymore. Like the, these yeah. numbers are crazy, millions of dollars of, of a year from their downline. So, like, where does that become the priority, basically, right? Like, you have a massive real estate business and, yeah. you know, you have a, a, a large team and everything, and all your content is about your real estate business. But I've seen a little bit of a shift with you. We're starting to do some Instagram lives and you're not really actively recruiting people, but you're just having these conversations with other real brokers and yep. agents. And like, I, I guess, where is that, that divide? Yeah, um, as an sure. agent? I think the Instagram lives was my way of putting my discussions in the open to, so that going back to like the old Chris mythism of like attracting your business, not chasing your business. Like I never want to get into the, the, the phase where I'm LinkedIn DMing people to try to get them to join my, my downline or my reel. Right. I think that that once you've done that, you're, you're lost, you've lost sight of, of what it's all about. But at the same time, there is the, uh, there is a financial incentive to have people join up with you. And so by joining EXP or reel or whatever, you can put just doing what you're doing already, like doing mastermind talks and doing coaching and answering people's questions on social media, you can now get rewarded for that. You know what I mean? If they join up in with, within part of your downline or whatever. So I've started doing the Instagram lives um, just with other real people, just as a, as a way to find out why they joined real, right? I can kind of talk, pick their brain or whatnot. And then I usually ask them. So we, I just did Jeremy Knight the other day. And like, I also then talked to him about YouTube too. So it wasn't just about that. There was a little bit of a value add there, but it's the, it's, that's my way of getting a right hook out there because I'm never going to be the guy who throws right hooks out there. Like, that's just not how I operate my business, but it, 
especially with real, right? There's only 6,000 agents. EXP is like 85,000 agents. With real, it's still relatively an unknown, un, unknown company. And so it is important that I make sure that I'm seen as like the real guy in case anybody has questions, they come to me. That's important, you know? So, so I think that you're right. There's people making six figures a month and that's, that's bonkers to me that it, the rev share portion was actually low on the totem pole. It was a, it was a, it was contemplated, but it wasn't the main reason why I'm moving over, but there's people who make entire careers out of it um, because they're, that's what they do is they just, they come in to recruit and they structure their downlines and all that type of stuff and more power to them. I mean, shout out, but um, I, I don't know that I'll ever get to that point um, because I don't know that I'm trying to make it about that point. There's, there's my team, which is first and foremost, right? We're selling houses here in San Diego, trying to grow a video marketing agency. And I've partnered with you on refer. So there's three other things in the way of, you know, that's going to be fourth or fifth. And in, in when it comes to business, like Matt, wouldn't you feel like you would just start putting your efforts into recruiting people? And I, I, I would just see myself like, wait, you're, you're telling me I don't have to go show a house to these buyers. I don't have to go sit in an inspection right now. I could use my social presence and my personality and my knowledge to get people to this brokerage. Like, I know that's right. not what you're doing, but that sounds incredible. And this is not a pitch for yeah. real or anything. This is just a pitch for no. like, m this is just in my head. But I, I, I've told you this, every thing I do is for that, to get out of this business. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I mean, I want to be a part of the business in every way possible, but like, yeah, like if I can, but I want to do more of like creation. I don't care to like, I'm more like you, Jason. I don't really care to recruit people or do shit like that. But like, if I can make my career out of like kind of what you've done, Eric, you're a very big inspiration in this space. Um, con real estate content creation, which is weird that you can even make a career out of that now, but you, you can kind of make a career out of everything. Um, sure. yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, I mean, I think I'll always sell a bit, but like, yeah, I'm trying to like get more onto the the content creation side for sure. But that's There's what I was going to ask. No, go for it. Something to be said about uh, about the best form of recruiting is also being successful yourself in a sense, right? So like, there's people who like the biggest producers at exp who have done really well like your kyle whistle dan beers right they were in early at exp but they're also top producers so there's something to be said that people are trying to they were able to attract people to their downline because they're also really good at what they do and so like if you just dedicate your entire time to to recruiting i think the real top producers and the people who are doing the business are going to see through that and not align with you anyways because people really want to, you know, the reason people joined up with Kyle and Dan is because they're hosting mastermind calls every week and you have access to them and they're already successful. So I want to get under their umbrella. And that's what yeah. I think matters when you're trying to recruit these type of things too, is that you also know what the hell you're talking about. You know, that's such a great point. That's such a great yeah. point. And we've talked about this before, Eric, like people want to follow people who are successful. They, if they want a career in this business, they want to go after someone who's doing the damn thing. That's why Tina call probably has such a great downline and like those people at EXP, you know, people who are really doing it. Um, I mean, we all heard my horror story of my house. The, the agent tried to recruit me like right after we signed the contract, he's done like zero, he's done like three deals in his career. Like who's going to want to jump on board with that guy? You know, like he's done nothing. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That is a great point. What, what do your clients say when you make this transition? Because, I mean, you have to send out a mailer, you have to kind of let them know 
hey, I'm switching brokerages. Is there anyone that kind of questions why you're doing it? Like, what's it like from their perspective? No, not really. Like I haven't, it's been two months. I haven't ran into that as a, as a question from the clients. I I think that clients really work with us. us. They don't care about the name on the back of the name on the front of the Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you'd say they don't care about the brokerage that you're with because for the most part, your brokerage isn't offering something exclusive to them. You know what I mean? Like there's a few things that I had to kind of patch compass as a concierge program. I thought that was a really valuable add on. And I was pitching that for four years and now real doesn't have that, but there's curb.io and there's other things that can supplement that um, just third party. So I had to kind of figure out those things and I was able to convey those um, in my initial kind of like, yeah, welcome email or whatever. It's like, Hey, I, I still have these same products and I'm still here. So the, the, the real thing is that I was able to basically save costs on the brokerage side that I can now reallocate back into my business. Right. So I can do more video content. I can host client appreciation parties, whatever that might be with the, 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 the money that we've saved. And so I think that ultimately, you know, by the end of the first year, I can look back and say, well, it's probably a more profitable year because I was able to pour back into the business versus just giving up the company dollar. That's all. So that makes sense. there's agents constantly trying to, you know, needing a change. What would be your advice to them for any brokerage, wherever they want to go? Like, what are the questions they should be asking them? What are the questions they should be asking themselves? How do they find the right fit? Sure. I mean, that's a good question. I think the first part of that is like people will come to me and say, hey, should I join real? My first question is, well, are you happy where you are? And if the answer is, yeah, then no. Like, why, why would you, why are you even entertaining this conversation? If you're loving life and you're doing really well, like, why are we even entertaining this conversation? Now, if the answer is yes, but X or no, then it's like, okay, well, let's dive in and see if our brokerage can fill that gap for you. Um, and then do that. I think ultimately the first couple of years in the business, you should not, it doesn't matter where you are. You should be on a team. Probably you should be on a team that's producing a lot. You should be around a team that's like in the office, high volume, because then you're just getting around the transactional equity. So it almost doesn't matter where you are in your first couple of years. And then once you've started to get footing, then it really matters to be in a brokerage that supports you. And so if the brokerage supports you through assistance of marketing dollars, office space, support, all the stuff that you need to run your business, then great. If you're happy with the trade-off that you're getting, then great. Um, And if not, then you should be saving the money, right? So like if you're not getting the support, then go somewhere where you're going to save the money, like a cloud-based brokerage or 100% shop in your local community or something like that. And then for me, like specifically when I was looking at places, I needed, I not needed, I wanted a national brokerage because I do a lot of referral business and I, I have as a douchebag, but like I have some national like notoriety in the sense that I go to Inman and I go to these things. So I want to be able to like, like have partners in different cities. (laughs) And so it did matter to have some sort of a national footprint instead of like a local 100% shop um, where I probably would have saved even more money, but I wouldn't have had the national footprint. And so for there, that's why this ended up being the right move for me. But like, but you and you and you and everybody else listening to this, you might have a different need for that. You might have a, a certain morning routine that requires your office to be within a five minute walk. So you need to go to the a brokerage with an office within a five minute walk, right? So you have to identify what's important to you and you have to kind of pick that brokerage. But if you're happy where you are, no, then don't move. I don't understand why anybody would even do that. I think if you have questions about where you are, or you're not happy, then you can look into the the reasons that is and try to allocate or find a brokerage that can provide those for you. Yeah, I've posted a couple memes about switching brokerages as a way to like rejuvenate your career where agents kind of, you know, make these large announcements as if they're like having a child or something like that. And it's just that they've switched <laughs> brokerages again. And you see the same agent switching brokerages like every two years. And it's clear that that's just kind of their way of marketing almost is like, oh, now I could actually say something because I'm at a new place. 
But I think switching brokerages five or six times would be like switching jobs five or six times. Like if you're doing it that often, there's probably a red flag there. I got I got sure. one more question about the brokerages, then we'll move on. Do you miss going into the office? Because as much as you know, we joke about not liking selling real estate, or Matt and I joke about it. Matt likes it. I don't. I loved going into the office. I liked joking around with the agents. I like the feeling of productivity that I had in there. And I feel like I lose a lot of that working from home. So do you miss that at all? Or are you getting that from these, you know, jerk sessions and not mastermind sessions five times a day um, from real? So yes, to answer your question at its core. Yeah, I do. Like when we worked at our indie brokerage and then the first couple of years at Compass, the office environment was great, right? I was walking into the office every day. I had a routine. This was also before I had kids. So factor that in because I could get up and go to the office and, at eight in the morning and like stay there till four o'clock or whatever. And, and so that was really nice. And I think what you'll find is that in when COVID hit, um, the offices became pretty quiet. And so even though we were allowed back into the offices mid-2020 or early 2021, all of 2021, there was, I was the only person in the office, maybe maybe two or three people in the office. You know what I mean? And so and not just from a staff perspective, but the other agents weren't going into the office either. So I, I really missed the office environment uh, in 2021. And I think that led to my decision to, it made it okay to have a cloud-based brokerage. Because when I'm allocating my PL, I'm like, well, I have an office space. I'm like, but I, do I need one? Because no one comes into the office. And so like it did factor in. And, and so to, re, to replicate that, my first and my six month plan, and my, I always said from three to six months, we're actually going to open our own office. Like we want an office camaraderie culture for my team. And we'll also have studio be in there because it'll be a great place that we can shoot content. But ultimately, like it doesn't have to be with the brokerage because I felt like that became kind of a ghost town from 2020 and 2021. And I think that that might be a shift that's maybe not forever, but here to stay for a while is that people just don't go to the office anymore. Matt, what kind of things stand the test of time? Beats me, Eric. Well, I, I got a list for you right here. Twinkies, J-Lo, Ben Affleck, Diamonds, The right. Beatles. Never well, you could all. add your real estate success to that list when you partner with Boomtown, the number one user rated real estate CRM in the game. Boomtown was built to drive sustainable long-term success, Eric, no matter yeah. the market. So if you're ready to put your best foot forward and build a real estate business that can stand the test of time, visit Boomtown, ROI.com slash overask. Plus, see how you can score $750 in free digital advertising now. Now that's Boomtown, ROI.com slash overask. Yeah, that's across all workplaces. Right. Less yeah. and less people are going into offices. So this is going to be just more and more typical. Let's uh let's switch gears a little bit because we got studio, we got refer, we got you got some pretty cool names. Just one word. <laughs> the branding actually. One and done. I like it. Yeah. I like it. That's right. Um, uh, let's get into studio right. first because I'm very uh very intrigued with what you're doing over there. For people who don't know what studio is, what is studio? Studio is a video marketing agency um, that I started with Christine Copeland, uh, who's one of my team members. And basically, it's a it's a way for us to offer video marketing services to other real estate agents. So it, it was kind of born as a way to get my team to shoot more content. Ultimately, we're like, hey, let's set up a, a studio. We'll have this like library of ideas. We'll bring in the videographer, and then my team can just batch shoot content, which is a big deal. Like when you're trying to put out a lot of content, is you can come in and batch shoot your stuff. And then we're like, hey, what if we offer this to other real estate agents outside of our team and outside of our brokerage? 
And that's what that's what studio came to be. And so basically it's a way, not necessarily a videographer service. We work with videographers. We don't employ the videographers yet. Um, and so the videographers will come in, the agents just show up, they batch shoot four or eight or 16 videos at a time, bring different clothes, right? Make it a day. And then we'll provide them with the outline, the script, the videographer, and then that will have the videographer edit it, give it to them back on a thumbnail, caption it, whatever. So the agent just gets to show up, film and go. Um, and so that's what, that's what studio is. And then there's going to be, you know, in version two and three, there's going to be mortgage lenders, title escrow, you know, stuff like that. We can layer in content days where we bring people in. We actually do like a, 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 a couple guest speakers and then we do a half day of shooting, but like at, on a one-time thing as, as opposed to maybe a monthly thing. So there's different ways that we're going to run with it. But right now it's basically a video marketing agency for real estate agents um, to shoot better content. Matt, you finding any you, similarities uh, to... Brooks, who we just had on the podcast, is doing something similar in San Francisco, who he's also with Real or for the Bay Area. Yeah. Exactly. So this, there's clearly a, a massive need for this because in order to get agents to commit to something, you need them to come there and actually film these videos. So are you coming up with these scripts or do you have script writers or who's coming up with like the video ideas for no, the agents? So we have what's called the studio library and it's a collection of right now about 75, 80 um, videos that we've seen through TikTok and Instagram and things like the, that we liked, you know, and so it could be anywhere from three or four examples of a market update, three or four examples of a neighborhood spotlight, small business spotlight, all the content that you hear that you're supposed to be doing. They're just examples. And so then the clients will say, hey, I want to shoot number four, seven, 22 and 18 or whatever. And then, so we'll say, okay, cool. Mm. We'll rewrite it for them. We'll give them an outline. Usually we don't like to do a full script. We'll give them an outline because we want it in their words. And we'll say, all right, show up on Thursday from 10 to 12. We're going to shoot four videos. Here's your four outlines. Um, and then we'll be there in studio to help walk them through it too. Cause some, not everybody's super comfortable on camera. So like, we'll yeah. be there to help them, you know, walk, walk through it, what to say, when to say it. And then our videographer will take care of the rest. That's a good idea. The library. Yeah, so Are my videos in the studio library? Are any of my videos in there? Uh, maybe. So, so with yours and Dan's, you guys do skits, and so I think there is a, a category for skits, but it's not in the normal studio package because those are a lot more labor intensive than just yeah. sitting down and shooting a sixty-second video for for reels. Yeah. Um, I believe a couple of yours are in there. In fact, I'll check while I'm waiting. But um, but they're in like the, basically like an add-on package. Uh, because it's like right. for those type of videos, those are probably all day shooting, multiple days of editing, stuff like that. It's a little bit different because yours, uh, your, 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 yours are always kind of seen as like the, the gold standard for like engaging Thank content, you. but not everybody's Matt Leonetti. I'll throw that out there right now. Thank you. Well, clip that Haley clip that in there. <laughs> um, we got, I, I was just asking cause you know, it's, uh, I would say that's copyright infringement, wouldn't you say, Eric? Well, I've seen some agents literally replicate exactly what you're doing <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> so that certainly is copyright infringement. But they could at least copy Matt's in-car rants. They don't have to yes, you know, absolutely. do the real estate decoded or anything like that. But they can actually, the, just the visual, and Matt and I have talked about this on the podcast before, but the visual of a realtor in the car or anyone in their car, you're safe. There's no one watching you film it. It's relatable because mm -hmm. you're, you know, transitioning from one appointment to the other. I think that style is always yeah. really, really good. I see this guy, the clever investor that's always going live and he's always in his car doing it. And it just, it brings you in a little bit more than the professional setting. So I think mixing different Big settings time. in is always good. 
We try, to, we try to encourage our people to do outside. So like say you do four or eight videos. Well, that's only one or two per week. And so like the other days of the week, you should be doing in your car stuff. You should be doing green screen mm-hmm. effects. You should be doing so. That, so you should be mixing another. And we'll give suggestions on what they should do. Right. Uh, there's two on here, Matt. If online leads were a real person and the oh, Christmas list. I like list. that one. Oh, and so both you. of yours are on there under wow. the humor section. And it says, funny always crushes. You can trend jack these or even simply duplicate someone else's. If you're original enough, these have a much higher chance of going viral, but are much tougher to film. So it actually does. We do yeah. reference you. Wow. Thank you. Much appreciated. Um, you know, it's flattering. Um, Christmas list was a good one, though. It was really good. Didn't, didn't get the views it deserved, I thought, but you know. Sold that one, sold that one. (laughs) Doesn't that stuff piss you off though? When you just (laughs) do a video you love and it just doesn't hit like you think it should hit. And then you got to blame the algo. Yeah, I do it all the time. (laughs) But Jason, your videos right now are hitting because you're hitting on something incredible with this little beef that you have going on. Yes. So why don't you describe? Let's finally talk about this. This is why we wanted you on the podcast. <laughs> what is going on with this? Tell us about so, it. So this is it's pouring over from TikTok, first of all. So like, I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys have talked about this probably ad nauseum on, on the show, but like TikTok is where I'm getting all of my content creation ideas right now more so than Instagram. I feel like Instagram is where people are putting their stuff, but TikTok's where the ideas are happening. And so I've seen a lot of people having success with what are like called reaction videos or, or some version of picture in picture where someone's like watching another video and then they comment on it or share their two cents or react to it of some way. And so like, basically I was, I, I remember this from COVID actually, there was this one girl who was talking about how the vaccine was fake or something. And then there was a nurse on the side of it saying, true false false that's not how that works true like overlaying basically like putting down the the vaccine denier person and i I always remember that and so i saw this guy basically saying why real estate agents were a scam and talking about wholesaling and so i basically did the same thing i did a reaction video where i was like true that's not true oh he's scamming you here and then basically did a reaction video and it did really well and then so i followed it up with a couple more he blocked me on TikTok now, so I can't do any more. But what a moron! Um, That's getting him more oh, views too. Fuck. And so he yeah. can probably like because he's selling he's selling like thousand dollar wholesaler courses via TikTok, I think. And so I think me because on TikTok, when you reply to a comment with a video, it shows up in their comments too. And so he, I think that's why he blocked me because he, I would you know, I was basically mocking him in his comments. What? Yeah, it was getting too hard for him to navigate because now he's got a he's got so many more objections that people weren't thinking about. And yeah. damn. Yeah, and you could tell that that kid was a little shyster, eh? You know what's so funny is that there was another one posted today and it was a wholesaler explaining how he actually wholesales, but like in a good way, he's like, yeah, we have escape clauses for both of us. We put a, a, a substantial earnest money deposit down. I'm like, dude, this, I'm not mad at wholesalers and in, in, as a whole, I'm mad at this kid for basically teaching people how to fraud people, you know? Yeah. I mean? so, the $1 earnest money deposit. Yeah. That yeah. And he, he talked about using a proof of funds generator to f- make fake proof of funds um, today or it basically how to like commit fraud <laughs> and so yeah that one did really well it's like over it's got like five or ten thousand views on tiktok which i don't and i don't have a big tiktok following you know it's uh, maybe a few hundred or something the reactions but, and remixes yeah. are something we need to really take advantage of and and no one's really doing that much on instagram it, it is mm-hmm. a really popular form of content on tiktok where you know yep. you dance next to someone or like you said you you react to them and make faces there, there's some viral tiktoks of literally just someone sitting there 
you know, yeah. either straight facing it or making some ridiculous reaction to the actual viral video itself. So if you're looking for content, you don't know what to post, scroll through TikTok and find people, search the hashtags real estate, search wholesaling, yeah. search these things that all these, yeah. you know, uh, influencers and financial gurus are saying and debunk them. And yeah. you're doing such a good job of posting topical content too and using all these different features that Reels and TikTok have. Like you're taking the green screen and you're blowing up the news piece with your hand. Like if you're watching on YouTube, he takes his hand and opens his hand and there's a news article right there. And then you talk about that article and break it down and you highlight it. So that's a, a great piece of content. How do you even do that? Yeah, it's a it's a filter on TikTok. Um, shout out to Katie Day, one of our mastermind calls. Um, Classic. There you go. Full circle. So, so ultimately, Jesus. she did one where it was about Open Door getting the fine, and then she used that TikTok filter where it's like instead of like showing up on the screen next to you, which you can do that too, but it like shows up in your hand, and when you close your hand, it gets smaller, and then I don't know, it's just like a whatever they were trying to push that day. And so, but I think, and we've always kind of talked about these in our in our group calls and stuff, is that if if TikTok or Instagram are rolling out a new feature, you should try to use it because they want they're going to try to promote it more organically. So, um, so instead of just sharing the, the, the open door article or the Zillow article, you do it on their green screen feature and it just gets you more organic views. But yeah, so I, I'm always kind of playing with, with their, their, their filters or their, their whatever. And if, if you have to shoot it in TikTok first, you can just use save tick and then download it without the watermark. And then you can go post that again on Instagram or, or YouTube shorts. Yeah. I, uh, I love, watching those reactional videos and or like even when they're stitched i love when i see a stitch coming of some yeah. like i just have to wait and see what's going on yeah. um bob Tompkins is also crushing that right now i don't know if you've seen his on tiktok eric reactions or stitches or he's reactions and he's reactions. just like watching a guy and he's debunking them he's doing a really good job and it seems like he's growing a pretty big following like pretty fast on tiktok with it Big time. Yeah, he's doing really well. He actually shoots those in a third party, um, like video shop or something. He'll he'll download the video and then do it because he TikTok doesn't allow you to like stop and then go. So he pulls those off, does them third party and then puts them back on. But now it's got like post effects. It's got like the green glowing thing yeah. around his box. Like and he's yeah, he's getting thousands and thousands of, of views and likes on all his all his stuff on TikTok. He's doing really good. Yeah. Matt, we gotta start doing this immediately. The reaction videos. There's endless content of stuff that we could be doing. Like you're so good at like faces and, and, you know, like emoting. I feel like you would crush that where you could stitch stuff and yeah. just be like, you know, the, the stitch ends. You're like, what the fuck was that guy talking about? Like yeah. it's that simple. <laughs> you know, it's like People will watch it's content. They want to get to your reaction. Yeah. So they're going to watch. The yeah. Video. It's yeah. content given to us instead of like having to come up with all these ideas and all these rants and all these skits and all yeah. these memes and everything. We should just be reacting to things. I don't see a lot of agents doing yeah. this. I've seen Byron do it a couple of times okay. with the green screen, but I'm going to do it guys. Do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to just really debunk some motherfuckers. Maybe I'll yeah. go after your guy, Jason. Do it. He's blocked me. So he, yeah, take up my it's mantle. Now. Yeah. I'll tap you in. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, before we get off, let's get on to refer real quick because I like it. Refer. Is there a period? Like, sir, <laughs> No, is there a period is it called refer no period it's just refer what? just okay. refer no no period we should have thought about that eric maybe our period it, or something no like. no because it's a palindrome refer that. then you'll need two oh, periods right. in front of the other one but you're right jason you're yeah, a, you're a, a jack of all trades here in the real estate industry you have your 
finger dipped in so many different pots, if you will. So yeah, we started refer together. What does that even mean? I don't know. I just made that up. In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man rules. Um, (laughs) We started refer together, but why don't you explain what it is? We've talked about a little on the walkthrough, but we've never officially had a conversation about it on Over Ask. It's our referral slash mastermind group, but talk about how the idea came to be and where we're at right now. Exactly. So we were at a baseball game together here in San Diego and a foul ball got hit to Eric and he dropped it. That was one of the worst experiences of my life. That thing was Jeez. in my palms. We, I, I couldn't have had a better foul ball experience. I, one time I caught three foul glove? balls. At a, no, I used yeah. to. I used to when I was like 13, but I mean, we were sitting in. Well, I mean, what, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah, although he you might tried to look, ball. you tried to be a little too cool. You you dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did try to say that I ducked out of the way, which threw him off. <laughs> Look, I dropped that ball. That was on me. I take. Um, anyway, so we were at the baseball game. We were kind of brainstorming. You were actually this was pre Bam. You were telling me about the plans for Bam and stuff like that. And and so I was like, dude, what about a referral network? I was like, you know, I, I'm a member of a couple of these. Um, you know, when I was back at Compass, and then there was some brokerage agnostic ones. I'm like, they they suck. You know what I mean? Like, not to say. I mean, shout out to there's other referral networks, but I was like, I just wasn't. Suck. I'm like, they're kind of lame. And then, uh, like, you know, I don't know how the agency is, but at Compass, we had like this intranet, like a back end, like a Facebook workplace. And there was like a referral group. And it's like, hey, do we have an agent in Chicago? And like, then like 400 people would tag. And like, you couldn't, unless you were sitting on workplace all day, you never got to those referrals. And so I was always like, they should be, a, there should be a referral network with exclusivity, like one agent per city or two agents per city, like, you know, some, something like that, where it's like, you don't have to sit on workplace all day. Like, you're the guy for Chicago and then people will call you. And so anyways, obviously Eric has the following. I'm like, you have 400,000 followers. They're all real estate agents. Like, why don't we put something together? He's like, actually, yeah, it's been, it's kind of in the plans. Like we, they, we thought about this before at some point. I'm like, well, let's do it. You know, like let's, let's run with it. We kind of game planned out what it would look like. And then um, fast forward nine months later and we have refer. So basically it's a referral network where agents can join in. It was, it, it was called the broke agent referral network until we decided to switch the name to refer. Smart. And, uh, you don't want a bunch and, of broke agents referring yeah, no business to each other. Referring. This has been a major problem with the brand naming <laughs> since 2015, but whatever. So it's, there's one agent per city. You can join in. You're, you're the agent for the entire year. And then we were thinking, well, what if you're in Grand Rapids or Boise and you don't get a referral? Cause like nobody happens to be going to those cities for this year. Like how do we make it valuable for all the members, no matter what? So we, we thought about the mastermind component and, and in the sense of mastermind, it's a, it's a private Facebook group, right? We're always throwing out business challenges. We're bringing in guest speakers. That's the other thing. We bring in one or two guest speakers a month. We've had Chris Smith, Tom Ferry, Jason Pantana, Spencer Raskoff, right? Tessa Bella. Uh, tomorrow is Chelsea Pites. So like we're bringing in like actual like A-list people who are both on the macro, like your Spencer and Tom, and then down to micro, we had Jeremy Knight come in and talk about YouTube, but but they know what the hell they're talking about. These are these are actual professionals who come in and share exclusively with our members, um, and then and then there's referrals going up between. We we have about 110 members now, so there's a referral from Baltimore to Oakland uh, last month that closed for 1.1 million, and so like there's actual referrals going back and forth. Um, Matt, you're our agent in Toronto. Um, that's actually funny enough. I don't know if you've gotten a referral yet, but that's the probably the number one sought after city from people trying to join now. That so, if someone tries to join now and the city's taken, we just say, "Hey, sorry, the city's taken. We'll we'll talk to you next year." But Toronto and um, Houston are the two cities that every, there's probably been seven or eight people who want that spot. But yeah, I bet. Yeah, good. 
So <laughs> you're never going to get Toronto. If you're listening to this, you're never going to get Toronto. I don't care if I only do deals from Refer Network. I will always <laughs> just do these deals. So ultimately, that's Refer. So we've now been going for four months, and we have 110 people in the in the community. We have a couple fantasy football leagues. We've had referrals go. We've had great guest speakers. We've had an in-person event at the Tom Ferry Success Summit. We co-sponsored the BAM event. So, I mean, that's that's it. It's, we're off the ground running. It's been a fun year one, and uh, we're looking to grow it and continue growing. Like, if we have available cities, you can still join if you go to refernetwork.co. It's also on the, the BAM website, brokeagentmedia.com. There's a tab on the top that says refer. Yeah, we'll link it down below uh, also. Yeah, you can still join if your city is available. So if you go there, you go to the member directory and you sort, sort by state and city and you don't see someone um, trying to think offhand, like, what's a big city that we don't have available? I think I said Detroit. I know Grand Rapids. There's a few in Michigan that we don't have. Ann Arbor, I don't think. You know what I mean? So if you go and you're in that city and you want to join, just send us a message and you can join. And there's a, my landscapers yeah. outside. I don't know if you can hear the lawnmower now. No, no, we can't. The The community okay. aspect of this is, is really cool. It's a very active Facebook group. We all are getting to know each other. We do sporadic masterminds too. Like the other day you and I got on and just kind of talked about social media tips and did kind of a state of the union of refer. And yeah, the fantasy football aspects, we were all on Zoom for a couple hours together, drinking, um, you know, doing these drafts and everything. So it, it's such yeah, a cool Dan, What's up? Dan O'Neill is hosting, commissioning our East Coast League, and then you and I are running the, the West Coast. Well, exactly. I'm, I'm running the West I'm Coast. I'm one of three get, getting okay. slaughtered over here. But it, it, it's really cool to have a community outside of your brokerage and kind of yeah, within BAM and refer. And it's just like a completely different aspect to it in, in terms of having masterminds with real and masterminds with the agency. It's like, these are just people across the country. And then you meet yeah. in person at the Tom Ferry event or whenever we do our next event, maybe at Inman, New York. So it's really, really cool. And again, goes back to my point about this industry, Matt, where it's just, you could do so much stuff in it make money in so many different ways outside of real estate, build communities, build products and create content for it. It's really cool. Yeah. We have a couple agency members in there, Matt. Aside from you, we have a couple more. Yeah. Nice. Well, cream of the crop, some would say. Exactly. Cream of the crop. Yeah. Jason, any, any major takeaways from these, these speakers? Like what's, what's the best speaker that you've seen and refer and like, what's the, the major takeaway you've had from them. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like there was the high level stuff like Tom, right? Um, now you can hear my landscaper, huh? Barely. Sorry, it's yeah. you're good. Um, there's the high level stuff like Tom and Spencer, right? Which I I, th- I geeked out on because like I looked up to Spencer and Tom and those type of got Chris Smith like my entire career. But then it's like, for me, it was the more tactical ones. Like Jeremy Knight's YouTube speaker session was like, I had three pages of notes, like personally, because I'm trying to grow my YouTube. And so I was taking so many notes. Um, so, so some of his key takeaways on the YouTube call about titles and thumbnails were really, really good. Tom was obviously fantastic. That was our biggest, uh, we had like 50 or 60 people on the live and then a bunch of people like, um, you know, watched it later and and his were really good. He gave us almost like our own little mini, um, you know, summit in, in an hour or 30 minutes or whatever it was that was co-hosted with Katie day. And he broke down like where he saw the market going for the next couple of years and like what we should do to get in front of it. So I, I thought that those were really good. Chris Smith was really good as well. He we dove into um, his book, The Conversion Code, 
actually, we actually did a book review of his book in, in refer as well. And so these are all notes that I made for the book review, but like ha- having him break down his book was really solid too. That guy's, I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm Such pretty a sure boss. Seen, yeah. We've had him. We've friend, had him friend on of the, the show. Yeah. yeah. All these people are friend of, friends of the show. If you check out the Jeremy yes. Knight episode for all tips, YouTube, we want to have him on again because so much has changed, especially with shorts. And then Chris Smith in terms of just the analytical side of marketing he knows the statistics to everything, like the open rate you'll get with the text message, why your email should have this amount of characters, why you should use these emojis in a caption. Like he is studying this stuff nonstop. It's really, yeah. really fun for marketing nerds. Elon Musk of real estate. Exactly. Some would say. I'll take yeah. it. Probably. Yeah, it's pretty true. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got to land this plane. Yeah, we got to land this plane. <laughs> yeah, we're we're terrible at landing the plane. We uh, we all just stopped at the same time. Sorry, it's, nobody it's listened past the first thirty minutes because all I did was pitch real uh, for the <laughs> no. For, for the record, I do want to make a major announcement. I did join Real under Tim Macy's downline. For the record, so if you want to join Real, click that. I'm kidding. I did not, Matt. You actually thought I was serious there for a second. <laughs> I did. I did. You did. I all his subscribers unsubscribing. I was like, fuck. Yeah. That would be I was insane if I just said you that. No. You wouldn't have told me. No, of course I would. That yeah. would be insane. No, we are not joining Real. We This was not a commercial for Real. We just wanted to pick the brain of someone who switched brokerages. Yeah. And I think it is really interesting, this, this recruiting and this battle between EXP and Real and all these different brokerages kind of fighting for this space. So I think you did a great job uh, breaking yeah. it down without pitching it. Yeah, Bingo. and I'm with the agency. Correct. Yes, Correct. Matt is All with right. the agency. Cool. We yeah, have. Just, a, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but you guys are either opening or just open an office in La Jolla here in San Diego. We're opening all over. Yeah, it's coming. It's pretty bad. We just did our big of, grand uh, openings out here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we. I spoke with one of your uh, friends. Yeah, I gave away. her your number, um, Ashley. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. Yep, He's like, don't give up my number anymore, please. <laughs> no, I love it. Honestly, yeah. anyone who wants to call me, except I don't know, some people like message me on WhatsApp and then like <laughs> call me, scary. and I'm like, I'm I'm doing shit. Like, I don't know who you are, so yeah. Like, introduce yourself first, and then give me a call. It's weird, you know. Need a need a a soft intro at least. Yeah, you've got fans. You got people who want who want to talk to you. You're pretty important. Exactly. Yeah. Hear that, Eric? Oh, I hear it. I hear it. All right, fellas, if you're uh, <laughs> listening at home, make sure you throw this video a like if you enjoyed it and subscribe yeah. to the channel. Review us on podcast too. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, we could use the reviews and make sure you follow Jason Cassidy. Jason, where is that again? What's what's your handle? Uh, just my name, Jason the real Cassidy. Jason Cassidy. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid real puns at yeah. this at this stage, you know? Uh, Jason Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-T-Y. T is in Tom. That's okay. the biggest mistake is people search I-D-Y. Um, yeah. Who's your next guest? I know. Guest? I have friends. I have friends named Cassidy with yeah. a D. Who's your next guest? We don't disclose we that here. We can't disclose it just yet. Let's oh. just say it may but, be the uh, biggest person you've ever heard of. It, is that a thing? You don't you yeah. don't say it ahead of time? No. We don't disclose Well, no. It takes the fun out of it. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. So, but every Monday, you know, there's a new one. We don't disclose that here. No matter what. There's... No matter what, <laughs> and we'll scrape, we'll scrape, uh, and we'll find someone. Yeah, um, well, <laughs> was uh, well, just uh, on the pun note, you know, 
let's everyone people stop being polite and start getting real. All right, you all take you were care now. On to that one. You were holding. I was on just to that waiting. One. I've told every real person we've had on to use that, and no one has. And I, I semi hate the brokerage for it at this point. Um, you had Brooks so, Landry on. His be a realtor is pretty awesome. I like. I like his uh, his shtick. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. good. That guy kind of took over our whole interview. But yeah, let's we're we're rambling now. Um, let's uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Podcast.